Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sasha Kelly and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, whoever said that business news needs to be all business? If you're joining us for the first time, then welcome. This is actually the second episode of a two-part series we're releasing on The Dive. On Monday, I spoke with Sarah Ellison, staff writer at The Washington Post, and she talked to me all about the case beginning on the 17th of April, Fox News versus Dominion Voting Systems. So if you haven't caught up with that episode, I suggest you start there. Because today we're turning closer to home where there's another defamation case playing out. Lachlan Murdoch personally filed defamation proceedings against Crikey, an online news outlet, in response to an article published on the 29th of June 2022. He argues it defamed him by naming his family as an unindicted co-conspirator of former US President Donald Trump. His lawyers allege in court documents that the article carried more than a dozen false and defamatory meanings about Lachlan Murdoch. The trial was originally scheduled to take place in March, but it's now been delayed until October after a considerable back and forth between the two parties. Today, I want to know, what is the story of this complicated case? And is the result going to change anything long-term for Rupert's empire and the plan for Lachlan Murdoch to take over? To help me untangle this story today, I'm speaking to freelance investigative journalist Paddy Manning, also the author of The Successor, a fantastic biography on Lachlan Murdoch. I've put those details in the show notes below. Let's get into our conversation. Welcome, Paddy, to The Dive. There has been a lot of back and forth between the two parties in this case. Can you please give me a quick rundown of what's happened since this article was first published mid last year? Thanks for having me, Sasha. It's not easy to recap, though. There's been a hell of a lot of preliminary hearings and the trial's been rescheduled once and maybe rescheduled again. Basically, what's happened since the case was originally brought by Lachlan, and I stress that it's been brought by Lachlan personally, not by Fox or News Corporation. What's happened is that the trial has been postponed. It was supposed to happen in March last month and now is set down for October, but it may be put back again. The, re- the reason it was postponed the first time was that uh, Lachlan lawyers went into court to argue to join the CEO uh, of private media, which is the Crikey's publisher, Will Hayward, and the chair, uh, Eric Beecher, to the suit because what Lachlan's lawyers were arguing, and it's an interesting kind of twist to this case, is that it's the republication of the article in August as well as the original publication, which is which is at issue here, because Lachlan's lawyers argue that this was a business strategy. The republication was part of a business and marketing strategy for Crikey, where they wanted to use this case, this article, uh, and their dispute with Lachlan Murdoch uh, to drive subscriptions and fundraising. And it is certainly true that Crikey has, you know, raised some hundreds of thousands of dollars to fund its defence. And 
has attracted a huge amount of publicity as a result of as a result of being sued by Lachlan Murdoch. So now, adding bringing that extra evidence and adding those witnesses meant that the case was postponed for six months until later this year. Now, of course, what's happened is that we have seen in the US a whole lot of emails, texts, internal um, communications, and uh, sworn testimony by everyone at Fox News and Fox Corporation, including Lachlan himself as CEO of Fox Corporation and the chair, Rupert, uh, the founder of the uh, Fox News. We've seen a whole lot of evidence in a defamation case being brought in the US by Dominion Voting Systems, the um, electronic voting machine maker, which is suing Fox News for defamation over the big lie in the wake of the 2020 election. And all of that evidence, uh, Crikey is now arguing, is relevant to its defence, bearing in mind that what Crikey originally published was an opinion piece by a political editor, Bernard Keane, which called the Murdochs the unindicted co-conspirators with Trump in the January 6th insurrection. What we heard this week is that the judge is starting to get a bit sick of this case getting sort of bigger than Ben-Hur, if you like, (laughs) uh, because, you know, the amount of evidence that might be involved in trawling through all of the uh, material discovered by uh, Dominion in its defamation suit in the US, that's going to take up a hell of a lot of court time. And he's saying it might blow out the schedule for October and perhaps postpone the trial again. And he's, you know, raised the possibility that he might order the parties back to mediation. So it is turning into, you know, sort of lawyer's uh, picnic. Uh, I watched a bit of the uh, kind of procedural hearing um, this week and thought uh, with the clock ticking and the, the amount of, uh, you know, the meter running, uh, the, the cost of this case is just going to get uh, get extremely high on both sides. Certainly. I mean, you've done a very good job because I think even trying to research this, it has definitely been back and forth, back and forth. And you mentioned that the judge is sending them back to mediation because they've already had one attempt at mediation that's failed. Yes, that's right. Compulsory. Um, and it did fail because you know, on Crikey's side, they say they want their day in court uh, and they've said that publicly as well as in in uh, court. Lachlan only wants an apology. That's what he wants. And, you know, he's clearly infuriated. I, I've written in the Sydney Morning Herald in an opinion piece that he's, his blood is up. Uh, he's clearly uh, not happy to have himself described as party to a criminal conspiracy to overturn the US election and uh, and other things, uh, which is the imputations that he says arise from the original co- um, comment piece in Crikey. Yeah, so he's clearly outraged and believes that, you know, the piece was absolutely defamatory of him and his father uh, as well. Crikey, just by the way, one of the things at issue in the, in the case, according to some of the evidence that we heard this week, is whether, in fact, Lachlan was identified in the original piece and whether he was actually personally defamed. Um, So that's another of the issues that will be kind of disputed at trial. You've really clearly outlined, um, I think, Lachlan's argument for the case. And you've talked about the fact that Crikey is now linking their defence to the Dominion case happening over in the US. Can you just outline what they have to kind of prove in their defence or what their argument is? Uh, Crikey is arguing that the comment piece was in the public interest. 
for a whole range of reasons, it's very hard to predict how this case is going to, how this argument is going to travel because we have a new public interest defence under the national defamation law that was agreed in the last few years and it has been implemented by um, most states. And, you know, without getting too into too much detail, there are a number of different tests and criteria that apply as to whether the piece is, was in the public interest. Some lawyers say, I mean, while the subject matter of the uh, January 6th insurrection um, and the contribution made to it by Fox News uh, and even, you know, the contribution made to it uh, by the Murdochs, including Lachlan, would surely be uh, in the public interest in general. There is a, there is a kind of question as to whether the uh, public interest defence applies, and if so, how it applies, to comment pieces. It was meant to protect kind of, uh, according to the architects of the defence, they more clearly had in mind the kind of investigative journalism that, for example, uh, Four Corners might do, or rather than comment. And so what Crikey can't argue is that uh, this was an honest opinion, because that's a separate kind of defence, because Crikey has already admitted there is no evidence that uh, Lachlan Murdoch was conspiring with Donald Trump to, you know, overturn the US election, Uh, of course. And, in fact, arguably uh, what we're seeing in the Fox and Dominion case is that the Murdochs did not believe uh, whatsoever uh, what Trump or his lawyers were saying about the election. They didn't believe the election was stolen at all. Mm. So, of course, there is no question that Lachlan Murdoch conspired with Donald Trump. So they can't, you know, to uh, truth is normally a defence in a, a defamation case. They can't rely on the honest opinion uh, defence, uh, crikey. So they're hoping to rely on the article being in the public interest and to argue that no or no reasonable reader uh, would have read Bernard Keane's piece uh, and, and truly taken from it uh, that he was seriously suggesting the Murdochs had conspired with Donald Trump. And so they say the imputations don't arise. I mean, this is all very it's kind of perilous trying to paraphrase lawyers, of course, uh, but, you know, in, in plain language, this is how I understand the arguments. Sorry to interrupt. I'm going to be back with more of my conversation with investigative journalist Panny Manning in just a minute. And when we return, he shares his thoughts on the real-life succession story that's on the horizon for the Murdoch clan. He's got such fascinating insights. I cannot wait for you to hear it. That's in just a minute. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My name is Will Hayward. I'm the CEO of Private Media, parent company of Crikey. It is the opinion of this paper and its journalists that Fox News actively supported and promoted a concerted attempt to jeopardise American democracy. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, I'm speaking with investigative journalist Paddy Manning about the defamation case Lachlan Murdoch has lodged against Crikey's publisher, Private Media. Let's get back to our conversation. I'd just love you to illustrate, which I think is a common misconception for lots of people, the difference between Australian defamation law 
versus the US law because of course these two cases are kind of happening concurrently or or about to happen at the same time on two different continents, but they have quite different approaches to defamation. Oh, absolutely. And that's because uh, in the US Constitution, the First Amendment guarantees free speech. And we have no um, comparable guarantee in Australia at all. We have plenty of people who will tell you we do not have free speech in Australia. We have the most restrictive defamation laws in the world. Even though there has been this national effort to overhaul the defamation law to protect public interest journalism. In the US, the test um, for newspaper publishers uh, is not whether the alleged defamation is true, but whether it was whether the publisher showed effectively actual malice towards the subject of the allegations. So actual malice is the test in the United States, and that means whether Fox News had reckless disregard uh, for the truth of what it was putting to air uh, about Dominion. And so Dominion, that trial ha- goes ahead in two weeks, where it's going to be the media trial of the century. You're going to see Rupert and Lachlan uh, in open court. Lachlan hasn't been in court since one, since the collapse of OneTel, you know, 20 years ago. So mm. now in Australia, uh, the, te- the test is very different. And as I said, normally uh, truth is a defence against a defamation case, but um, crikey, you can't rely on uh, truth in this instance. What it's relying on is a public interest defence. And the problem for all legal experts analysing this case is that the public interest defence is untested. It has not been, it's new. This is the first case uh, that, and will, will be a test case of the public interest defence. In some ways, according to media, media lawyers, it is unfortunate that the first case that comes to trial under this um, provision, section 29, is on an opinion piece because it wasn't exactly what the framers of the uh, um, uh, the section the public interest defence had intended. Uh, they were more thinking about investigative journalism, as I said before. So you can find experts who will say Crikey's in trouble here because you know it isn't literally true that Lachlan Murdoch um, conspired with Donald Trump, uh, and there was some suggestion which might constitute malice as well, uh, which is inimical to the public interest uh, under the defamation law in Australia as well, if it was considered uh, malicious on Crikey's part to make these allegations when it knew they weren't true and then to republish them in an effort to drive subscriptions. Uh, This is what Lachlan's camp is arguing, that it's an abuse of, of free speech, in fact. And so, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of Lachlan that here is a media proprietor, unlike Rupert, his father, you know, who never sued a journalist. Lachlan uh, has been described widely in the media as thin-skinned and and prepared to sue journalists, which is not a great look for a media proprietor. On the other hand, Lachlan's camp argue that Crikey has abused free speech by, uh, you know, publishing and republishing this um, this opinion piece and the associated headlines and marketing material and so forth. So, so very hard to predict because we've got new law here being tested. So uh, you can see it's a very nuanced case. People that think, oh, um, it's it's signed, sealed, and delivered now that we've got all the evidence um, out of the Fox and Dominion case um, that Lachlan is going to lose uh, in his case against Crikey, I think are, are completely misreading uh, the legal distinction between, um, you know, American uh, defamation law and and the law we have in Australia. And as you said, you know, this all kicked off mid last year. It's April now. 
it's going to start in October. It's just been rapidly developing. I I imagine, as you said, very hard to predict. If we had this conversation again on the eve of the trial in October, I'm sure we'll have completely different perspectives once again. Look, Patty, you did write the book on Lachlan Murdoch, um, his biography, which I will put in the show notes. So I can't let you go without asking, in your opinion, between the case in the USA and this case in Australia, do you think this will change anything long-term for Rupert's empire or the Murdoch empire and the plan for Lachlan to take over? Uh, Well, it's an interesting question, Sasha. Basically, I mean, Lachlan is in charge right now. He is the successor, as is the title of the book, because uh, because he's been appointed three years ago, uh, more now actually, he's probably he's into his fourth year, as CEO of Fox Corporation and the co-executive uh, chairman with, with his father, Rupert. James and Liz, the other candidates for the succession, are out of the business altogether. Uh, Rupert has kind of anointed Lachlan a long time ago now. But, but... There is deep division, as I've reported in the book, between the siblings, that includes Liz, Lachlan and James by Rupert's second marriage to Anna, but also uh, an older sister of theirs, Prue, from Rupert's first marriage. And they are the four uh, Murdoch children that sit on the Murdoch Family Trust. And the Murdoch Family Trust has eight votes. The Murdoch Family Trust controls 40% of the voting shares in both Fox and News Corporation, and it's the vehicle through which the Murdoch family control the empire. And uh, those eight votes are split four between Rupert, who has four, and the kids who have one each, those four elder kids by his first two marriages. When Rupert dies, uh, and bearing in mind that Rupert has just turned 92, uh, when Rupert dies, his votes expire. And so at the moment, Rupert and Lachlan equal five votes uh, and they can control uh, the Murdoch Family Trust without, uh, and through that, the empire. But once Rupert dies, it's an open question as to whether Lachlan will be able to maintain control of the trust. He will only be one vote out of four and the siblings are deeply divided. And, in, uh, and uh, as I was told and reported in The Successor, the siblings at one point were intending to sell out to Lachlan and Rupert uh, and that, you know, doc- documents were drawn up and uh, as the New York Times has revealed in the past. But uh, what I reported uh, was that the siblings are no longer interested in selling out. In fact, what they're interested in is reasserting control of the um, family business once Rupert dies and doing it uh, in a way which, um, and I'm quoting my own book here, uh, protects and enhances democracies around the world rather than undermining them. And that's a clear statement of intent by Lachlan siblings uh, that they, uh, I mean, this is all off the record and it was deep background uh, that I, you, you know, got in the writing and researching of the book, but it's a clear statement of intent that they do want to bring Fox back to something like the centre and and ditch this, in particular, election denialism that is, you know, roiling the US politics now. And all of the cases, there's Dominion, there's also another voting machine manufacturer who's claiming even more money called Smartmatic that is also suing Fox News, Uh, and then also the Crikey case, all feed into the divisions inside the Murdoch family about, about the direction 
of Fox News in particular. And no doubt, you know, Lachlan's loudest critic has been his brother James. And no doubt in James's camp, the current kind of defamation lawsuits uh, and potential potentially very expensive settlements will seem like a, a kind of vindication of their criticisms of, of Fox's um, editorial direction. And I think that these cases will certainly fuel uh, further division inside the, the Murdoch family and potentially some kind of reckoning uh, if and when uh, Rupert, you know, does formally retire and or pass away and lose and and you know those his control of the Murdoch family trust is you know lost so yeah I think it's all very high stakes I mean that's why we've called the book the high stakes life of Lachlan Murdoch everything he does uh as CEO of Fox and you know co-chair of News Corporation the, the stakes are always high for Lachlan uh but uh right now I think he's definitely having a moment and I'll be absolutely transfixed, I suppose, as they, uh, when, we, when these cases do come to trial. Patty, I think you said it, transfixed. I mean, I could talk to you for um, another couple of hours, I think, about all the stuff that you know. And I can see it's such a rich text, the siblings and the dynasty, why you've spent a career investigating and, and researching them. I am going to let you go, though, because you've been so generous with your time. Patty, thank you so much for joining us on The Dive today. Thank you, Sasha. I enjoyed it. I am so grateful for Paddy for coming on the show today and sharing his thoughts with us here at The Dive. I thought they were really insightful and so fascinating. He was just incredibly generous with his time. A reminder, he wrote the book, The Successor, which is a fascinating biography about Lachlan Murdoch. I've put details of that in the show notes below. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of The Dive. I'll be back in your ears with Darcy on Friday. Until then, take care. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.